You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights which help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up to date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. I'm your host, Asher Matthew. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic intent and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Welcome everybody to the Sunny Side Up podcast. This is Asher Matthew and I'm your host today. I've actually hijacked the podcast from Ajit and Mithal and Mick, you know, all of the other amazing folks that have hosted this past podcast and we're going to have some fun with this. Sunny Side Up for all of you guys, we try to bring together real world insights to help marketing and sales professionals evolve and stay updated on new trends. And I'm super excited because we're going to talk about sales enablement today, which is, I feel like, a topic that does not get enough recognition. And I have Stephanie White joining us today. And Stephanie is a sales enablement professional. She has a focus on enablement tools for the global sales teams at Juniper. She's a fitness enthusiast and aspiring sommelier. And I'm super excited to like dive into some of those parts of her, her background as well. So Stephanie, welcome. Hi, thanks. Great. Thanks for coming, joining us. And uh, let's let's start off with some of the preliminary things. You know, like share with us a little bit about your role at Juniper, how you got to Juniper, the assignments that you're working on, and then let's talk about sales enablement. But let's start there. Okay. So I joined Juniper about nine months ago, back in September, and I was sort of plucked out of IT and my previous role. And I am currently responsible for all of the enablement tools and. Kind of my uh, my my goal at Juniper is to try to take a more holistic approach and look at our tool stack and make sure that you know everything is talking to each other. We're not duplicating functionality, and to also ensure that our sales teams are actually adopting and using the tools as best as possible. Super sounds like a very small role, but has a very big scope. And so. Can you break down what sales enablement means to, to Juniper? Because, you know, I've talked, spoken with a bunch of sales enablement professionals and it just seems like everybody has their own definitions. So on this show, since we're all about new trends and diving into real world insights, share with us what sales enablement means to Juniper and how do you quantify it? So sales enablement at Juniper, we kind of bucket it into three things. And those things are onboarding, ongoing and excellence. And really, the easier way to understand that is we like to also say that we are the stewards of culture in the sales organization. So we do everything from new hire sales onboarding to ongoing information and modules to keep sales teams up to date with the latest developments from our product teams and from marketing. And the excellence piece really talks more about the kind of ways to be the best seller you possibly can be. And so that includes our sales methodology, uh, social selling, and a couple of other smaller initiatives. But Super duper cool. And th- like you've hit on a topic that is very near dear to my heart, which is culture. And so can you tell us a little bit about the culture, at least the sales culture at Juniper? So we try to, from the very start, encourage and uh, foster a culture of constant learning. And I like to take it a step further and even say curiosity. We really like when people try to dig a little bit deeper when our sales teams want to know more. And 
you know, the the culture of Juniper anyways is to really show up, own what you're doing. And we really, really hammer that home with our sales teams. And it's owning what you're doing and uh, being present in every single thing that you do is one of the most important things that we try to drive through to the sales teams. That's great. So it sounds like accountability is a big, big, big pillar. And you've constantly reinforced it through all of your sales enablement initiatives. Absolutely. Great. Well, which then naturally brings me to the next point, which was like, since culture and accountability, you know, these are things that are like forever ongoing, right? Like you can't just do a training and stop. But is sales enablement for you a journey or is it a destination? If it's a destination, how do you get to it? Like, talk to us a little bit about that. So I think that it's in some industries, perhaps it is a destination. But for us working in technology, as everyone knows, technology changes all the time. And at Juniper, it's no different. So enabling our sellers to understand and own what they're selling is something that's never really going to stop because our products are always evolving and changing and we're always coming out with new things. So improving and understanding everything that's happening in the organization so that you can be a good seller or an efficient seller is uh, is definitely the journey, not a destination, at least not at Juniper. And, and how do your sales reps feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the most part, I think uh, really well. We've been pretty successful in the adoption of a lot of different uh, initiatives that we've rolled out for sales enablement. And so- okay. I would say in general, I think they are receptive, at least. Uh, we get a lot of positive feedback. So I think we're doing the right thing. Okay. And if you are able to share, like, what are some of the pain points that those sales reps talk when, when you share with them some of the sales enablement content or the trainings or the sessions? It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we probably need to have a separate podcast episode just on, on that. Yeah. You know, we have new bite size, but new content every single week. And we have commitment from our sellers that they'll complete a certain amount of the training and information that we're releasing to the field. And so <laughs> they like it, but it's a, it's a constant stream. So getting kind of behind definitely can happen. But Again, since they're bite size and we are always respectful of their schedules, you know, we, we, we do have good adoption. Yeah. So I think that's key right there, because if you make it bite size and if it feels natural to people, and I'm a revenue leader myself, and, you know, and in the days when I was a sales rep and coming up through the ranks, like sales and even was one of the things that I despised, but like my entire team did not want to take part in any of it because it just feel, felt as like, onerous task that was just got greater and greater every single time. And there's just no end to it, right? But bite size, for sure, I'll take it every single day. If it's a podcast or if it's a little video or it's a little something with music, I'll consume it I, I myself too. So no surprise that uh, you find a lot of adoption when you share this content in that manner. So I guess naturally, I have to think that you then have a sales enablement stack and I guess would love your guidance on how to think about a sales enablement stack and uh, or just leverage tools in general, because if you had to do all of the things that you're thinking of doing, it would require, I would say, an army of people. And we know that like in 
in organizations the sales and teams are are always encouraged to think about ways to automate their delivery and their content. So speak to us a little bit about how to best leverage tools and sales enablement. From an enablement perspective or from a seller perspective? Both. I would love your views on Auburn, both of them. Okay. For our sellers, that's an easy answer. And it's just don't do the bare minimum. You know, take ownership again, be accountable for your own abilities. We only assign or require certain things, but there's a wealth of information that we have available for how to make the tools that they have at their disposal really work for them instead of against them. And so once you can understand and kind of do the legwork required so that the tools work for you, your job is much, much easier. And that and that's the whole way that I have chosen and our team has chosen to approach the tech stack, which is how can this combination of tools be the most useful and the most advantageous for our sellers? From an enablement perspective, um, and uh, I say this out loud to remind myself, don't go chasing all of the shiny things. There's new tools all the time, and they all seem to do something amazing. So, you know, really being focused about what exactly you need in your stack, what your sellers are going to use, and obviously what you can afford is what really needs to be the top priority. Don't overcomplicate your stack because what will end up happening is sales teams will say, whoa, 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 there's so many tools. And then there's this confusion about what tool to use, when, how to use it. And that's a problem that all of us already face. So don't let's not exacerbate the problem, you know, really take a holistic, strategic look at the stack and make sure that what we're adding adds value. Great. I guess if you're looking at it from that perspective, then are there ways that you measure the success of, like, I mean, I guess, is there like reporting coming to you on a daily basis around the usage? And, and I'm, I'm sure there are people when they go to classes, you have them certify or something like that. Can you talk about a little bit about the measurement? of the success of these sales enablement tools and initiatives? Sure. We have metrics for pretty much everything. <laughs> I often joke that I think sales teams would be happier if we weren't quite so data-driven because we always have data to back up what we're doing and what we're saying. And we're very conservative about rolling out new things that will impact the time commitment to our sellers. And we try to be uh, respectful and conservative of their schedules and all the other things that we're asking of them. And uh, again, always making sure that it really has value to everyone involved. And again, we do have some commitments and metrics that we're always trying to hit. And so, yeah, I have a lot of a lot of usage reporting. I look at a lot of spreadsheets. I really, really like things like Tableau that make my life so much easier Great. when looking at data. And can you share a couple of like, let's say, guiding metrics that other, I, I would say, aspiring sales and employment leaders should think about when they're planning their sales and employment journey? Hmm. So the metrics, I would say, are going to be things that are kind of already baked into a lot of the core enablement tools that we have. So consumption rates, amount of time sellers spend in a document, how often it's downloaded. Uh, when we're talking about weekly consumption of content, having a 
a KPI that we look at weekly, monthly, quarterly. For us, it's quarterly that we have a certain percentage of modules or content that we're pushing out that we expect to be consumed. And do you create the content yourself in your sales development group or it's created somewhere else and then you're helping deliver it? So our group has set the best practices for the modules or for the content, but the partnership that we have with other groups at Juniper is really where that content comes from because obviously sales enablement shouldn't be designing necessarily all of the technical content that our sales engineers are looking at or you know the uh, competitive sheets for objection handling so it's always a collaboration between our team and the other teams uh, within juniper got it and it sounds like like you're very data driven as when you look at the your initiatives going into the sales teams right but can you share a little bit about the planning phases, right? Where what type of data do you consume to then think of what type of sales enablement initiatives you should plan for? Does that also happen in your uh, in your journey? Sure. Uh, we actually have something called uh, an enablement committee. Okay. And the committee is composed of leaders and important members from the different organizations. And we come together and we do an annual survey to our sellers, asking them for feedback about what we're doing in sales ops, in marketing, in sales in general, in sales enablement, in all of the groups. And so then when we go to plan the next year's initiatives or the next year's priorities or the next quarter's priorities, we get together with that committee and we have a conversation about it. Great. And I'm assuming there's multiple conversations about it. I can find it hard to imagine that you would have multiple members and they're like, hey, let's just get in a room and figure it out. Although it sounds, it would be pretty awesome if everybody could just get in a room, draw it out and then leave with, with amazing things. <laughs> yeah. It's not always quite that simple, but Yes, there's usually several conversations and really the committee meetings are just a starting point and the many other conversations are the ones that follow kind of what we decided for the high level planning for the quarter or for the year. Great. Well, that sounds awesome because it sounds like you guys have a framework for how you start your planning, then you have a framework for how the content and is created and then you have a framework for like how everything is launched into the sales team. You measure those capabilities and effective and then ultimately make your sales teams more effective. Tell me a little bit about your partnership with marketing. So our partnership with marketing is very important because sales and marketing don't always get along. And we're very lucky that we have a lot of members or several members on the enablement team that came from marketing. So we already have really good relationships with a lot of the leadership in marketing, and they're very supportive of a lot of our initiatives. We have regular meetings with them. Everything we do, we involve them in. It's really a strong partnership. And I don't think that we would be as successful without it. Superb. And I know like the sales and marketing thing is, is an age old thing, right? And, uh, oh, yeah. uh, but a lot of like forward looking companies have started including customer success into all of these other sales and marketing initiatives as well. And, and have you expanded into customer success with your sales enablement charter or? 
We haven't because while Juniper definitely has a robust software stack, so to speak, software offering is the is a better word. Customer success is a new area for us. So while we do absolutely have some involvement with customer success, we're, we probably don't have our engagement with them as built out as we would like. So that's that's definitely an area that we would like to get a little further into. Terrific. I mean, it sounds like there is the shaping of a revenue enablement team as the, the rest of the, the industry is calling it taking place at Juniper. Yeah. We like to say that, you know, we we push the envelope, we push our sellers, and they push revenue forward. Perfect. It's like a, a, a hand-in-hand journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Terrific. Well, I guess coming towards the end, are there any points that you'd like to share with our audience that you're really passionate about? Yeah, definitely. Number one, hands down, sales enablement is not training. It is so much more than that. And it's something that I learned very, very quickly coming into sales enablement. It is so much more than just training a seller about the things that they're selling. It has everything to do with the culture that surrounds it. And the other super important part to the success of an enablement function is that collaboration that I've talked about with marketing, with product, with our sellers themselves. And without the partnership with them, we wouldn't understand very well what the sellers needed and be able to communicate that to marketing, who's creating a lot of this content, or to the product teams to kind of advise on how and what they should be delivering. And we can partner with them to make sure that the sellers get it in an easy to consume, highly mobile way. And as we said before, the age old sales versus marketing thing, if you can get ahead of that, you will be successful and your sales team will thank you for it. Well, folks, there you go. You heard it from Stephanie. Try to get ahead of all of your sales and marketing problems, because if you can plan better, you will progress better. So this has been fantastic, Stephanie. And uh, given that you're a fitness enthusiast and and an aspiring sommelier, I can only imagine that when you are holding these sessions, there's always a little bit of work, a little bit of activity, and a little bit of drinking afterwards, you know. <laughs> <laughs> only if you wanted to. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> that's probably true. Totally. And, and how are you coping with COVID-19 and keeping up with your fitness regimen? I actually have a home gym, so. Great, great. I would love for a home gym here. It's a, it would be awesome to have it. As we end out, there are many, 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 many sales enablement professionals and and I would say aspiring professionals because they're just coming into sales enablement. So how can people get a hold of you? Are you open to sales enablement professionals and soon-to-be professionals to reach out to you? Absolutely. Uh, the easiest way to get in touch with me is definitely on LinkedIn. And if you search Stephanie White at Juniper, there's only one. Oh, my, that's awesome. That's so awesome. All right, folks. Well, that wraps up another episode of Sunny Side Up. We hope you're having an amazing day and an amazing week. With Sunny Side Up, you're going to get more and more and more fresh content as we expand the podcast. And so, Stephanie, thank you for joining us. And we look forward to having you again in in the the podcast a little bit in the future. Thanks. No, it it was a pleasure. 
Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us. And more importantly, share these insights with your peers. Thank you.